Hey, it's Paul. And Shmina. And welcome back for Head Boss in Charge. Hey, welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How you bossing? Um, I am, to be real honest, I'm a tinge hangry right now, which I don't really get. Um, but it's been a number of hours since I had lunch. But I'm, for the most part, um, good. I'm looking forward to the weekend as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's any day of the week. Um, including the weekend. I'm like, why is it going to be over already? How um, was, I haven't seen you in a little while. How was your, um, holiday break? The holiday break was relaxing, busy, and full of family. So, um, I can appreciate all of those things. I got a chance to go down south for a little bit, south being Southern California, and see some family, hang out with some friends, um, you know, at usual, usual worked out, went running, talked some shit, spent some time with my tiny humans, my nephews. Um, so it was good. Yeah. It wasn't long enough, but yeah. I got a lot of uh, good things done, and hopefully I'll finish kind of the productivity stuff. Um, in the next day or so, so that I can let those things go that I needed to, that I wanted to accomplish over the break. Right. How you bossing? Bossing really well. I'm actually still on my vacation. Um, I just got back from Puerto Vallarta, uh, and it was perfectly planned because I had um, some stay at home time, and then I went away to the tropical. Puerto Vallarta. That is PV. That is PV. And just got back yesterday and now I have like a few days in this weekend to kind of actually do my, oh, it's the new year. Let's kind of just recalibrate, re, uh, take a vacation from a vacation because I actually am, exa- <laughs> I'm exhausted from PV. Like it was a relaxing vacation. What a rough life. <laughs> you know, hashtag first world's problems. Right? Uh, in a not-so-first-world country. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that, <laughs> ooh, sounds, that sounds really bad. Yeah. But I was with um, my best buddies, and it was just, like, pretty much, like, beach, 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 food, 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 party, 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 relax, 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 and repeat. Ooh, good lord. Uh, it was just a really intense. Um, but I this is my second year going to PV, and so... This year was even better with people that um, I really find dear to my heart. Did you go the same time last year, like the holiday season, December, oh. January? Uh, last year I went through through Christmas and okay. ended right on Christmas Day. Okay. And this year I stayed for New Year's, which was a whole nother level. Yeah. It was as if every single gay person from America and Canada came to PV for that week. It men was, and women? Uh, well, there was women, but it's mainly men. Okay. It was... Well, you said gay people, so I was like, yeah, oh, there's really ladies there too. I, I did bump into ladies, of course, and like friends of friends and okay. whatnot. It, it was so overwhelming. Um, it, I barely saw any locals, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, it was a blast. Um, and, you know, I, there's it was a 10-day trip, really long time to spend... That's a really long time. To spend... MPV. Yeah. I've done like, five days. And I was like, I'm ready to come home now. I was ready to go home after day seven, but I stayed longer (laughs) because the flight was cheaper a couple days later versus flying out the day I wanted to. Okay. So, but it's a long time to spend with even your, like, best friends, your friends, and Mm. you tend, and I've had many experiences, but you tend to learn more about people. Good, bad, or indifferent. Good, bad, or indifferent. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I noticed after day... I know myself, and I, I knew I was going to be ready to go home after day seven, but hey, like, I was on vacation, so ready to go. 
But then, you know, the smallest things about people <laughs> agitate me. <laughs> or you learn things about other people, and it's just like, oh, okay, this is just, uh, you know, all the, the rose-colored glasses are off, or yeah. the honeymoon phase is off. Everybody's got their hair down, you see the shit on the floor, you're like, oh, so you don't make the bed. Anymore. Yeah. Okay. Or, so you, you just know. leave stuff out. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was just like, I, I need a, I love y'all, but I need a break. Okay. I need. <laughs> I really need a break because. Were you saying like one much. big house or like a set of condos? So I was sharing. It was uh, condos. Okay. Um, so I was sharing a condo with a friend, and then my other friend was sharing a condo with his boyfriend. Okay. And um, then we knew other people um, that were there. Um, not really my <clears throat> friends, but yeah. my friends' friends that were staying elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So. Um, were you guys bound by the blue chairs? No, not okay. the blue chairs. Are <laughs> because you know, even for like. Even if it's your first year going, like people will tell you, don't do blue chairs. It's no. just, I didn't. I was really not interested in that at all. But we saw them. I was like, oh, this is unusual. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, all these men here in speedos. Oh, okay, <laughs> all men. All, right. all men. Yeah, it's the most like advertised gay resort. Um, but it's a, it's, it's really loud. The food's not great. The mm. conditions of the hotel are not as great as the other hotels. And okay. PV is just hotels. Like it, it's, you, there's so many other options to go for. Mm-hmm. And even their beach scene, people would rather go to green chairs, which is like the neighboring competing okay. gay, uh, beach area versus blue chairs. Okay. Uh, gay chairs is like the San Francisco blue chairs is like the LA. It's like a little too. Okay. A little too posh. Yeah. A little too, you can't see it, but hey, hands, huh? Right. Me? Right. So, anyways, I I just, this weekend I'm going to be by myself. (laughs) Only myself. Not texting anyone, not making plans, not going out to anywhere. It will be me, myself, and I so that I can be ready to go back to work on Monday. Okay. So... Yeah, that's vastly different. The, the, I'm like, the 20s versus the 30s, perhaps. That's fine. Um, you know. Um, yeah, no, mine was quite relaxing. I'm like, did I even drink during the whole break? I'm sure that I did, but by no means in, in any Ooh. sort of excess. Uh, no <laughs> I think I maybe had like a glass of wine or two with my sister. And I went out with one of my girlfriends down there that I've known for quite some time. And I was like, oh, I'd rather have a sweet tea than like a vodka tea or something. So yeah, yeah I, I my was... body cannot take any more alcohol. Yeah. Like, I the, one of the beach places, our bill for we drank for like six hours. We must. But have everything all, is so cheap. It's down so there. cheap. The bill in American dollars was a hundred between five people. A hundred dollars between five people for s- drinking and eating at the beach for six hours. Yeah. And I, you know the cashier was like, ten, "Yes, <laughs> right, yes, yeah, making look at money." This big old bill. And, and we gave him tip, tip right? right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. Oh my gosh, I yeah, I don't want to see alcohol for the next thirty days. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of drinking. Oh. Well, so, it sounds like fun. It was fun. It was, that's what vacations are for. Oh my gosh, I, I'm like I had I forgot the other things that I did. I went to the symphony for the first time, Ooh. which sounds very old and a little bit white and um, a little bit ritzy. Mm. Um, but you know that show um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. So Titus, he was and here. Jane Krasinski, yes. they performed at the symphony. Oh, that's so funny you say yeah. that because I saw pictures um, Oasis that drag club. Yeah. Um, he stopped by. I and saw some of the pictures. Yes, yeah, so many of the drag queens took pictures with him, and yeah, that was yeah. Really it was cute. really good. I had never been to the symphony before, and it was kind of like I saw somebody on Facebook had like they clicked a little interested in this event, and I was like, oh, this could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't have any New Year's Eve plans, which we normally don't, because I normally am like 
hermit. I want to be at home. Um, but I, I was like, do you want to go? And wife was like, sure. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get tickets. We're going to like go to a nice dinner before and then we'll go to this. We'll see how it goes. And I loved it. That's it awesome. was so good. The, the San Francisco... The San Francisco S Symphony. Symphony they, the first half of the program was just them. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second half, Jane Krasinski and Titus Burgess wow. joined in and they were singing. What were they singing? Um, a mix of like a bunch of shit I didn't know. Like It was like old, kind of old-timey shit. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know these things. Yeah. And then he did a song from... What is that? The Little Mermaid? Because he, in a Broadway production, played the crab, maybe? Oh. I'm not sure. Um, but everybody turned up on that. Sebastian? And I was like, yes. He sang a song that Sebastian sings in the yes. movie? Oh, okay. Um, and I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. I was like, but this just sounds lovely. Wait, you haven't seen The Little Mermaid? No, there's there's lots of movies that I haven't seen that are Disney-related. Most of the Pixar ones I have seen, but yeah. Please. Anyways. Feel um, free to comment and scold. <laughs> Should we never not watching The Little Mermaid? Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah. it was it was really good. I, I'm looking forward to going back. I didn't realize how, like I I like classical music just generally. So sometimes if I if I'm in that headspace in my office, which is often, I will put like classical music on in the background just to be like. Certainly, I have some ratchet leaning stuff, um, <laughs> and a little bit of Hamilton in there or Hamil the Hamilton mixtape, um, but I will put that uh, on in the background. So it was just really calming and soothing, mm. and like you could hear a pin drop. Like, I wanted to cough twice, but I was like... <laughs> you do had, not want to be I had that to person. wait until, like, there was either a crescendo in the music or, like, <laughs> were clapping. But there's, like, a guide, like, if you have a cough, like, we have cough drops uh, oh, that you can really? get, and you need to open the wrapper before... Right, it's winter, so I'm sure there are a ton of people in the audience, yeah. like... We're all like, to... <laughs> veins popping out in the neck. <laughs> but it was so good. I loved it. Oh, that's so, great. Something I ha I'd been wanting to do, but I didn't have a reason to go. I wasn't like, eh. Um, but yeah, then I found that like I really love like the sound of a violin and like mm -hmm. the intention that people play a violin. It's very like emotional and drawn in. But anyhow, great. Yeah, so it was good. good. I forgot that we did that, duh, but it was really good. Yeah. Uh, now we gotta wait eleven more months for this nice long holiday break. Again. I know, right? But you know what? It's a new year and yeah. a lot of things to look forward to. So Truth. let's move on. And we're back. Welcome so. back. <laughs> How many times are we gonna welcome each other? I have to say. We're back. Welcome. <laughs> we have like started and stopped. Uh, trying or trying to start this segment like five times already because we can't stop laughing. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are just gonna go with it, get all the laughs out. Yeah. Um. So, water cooler talk. Yes. Uh, we thought um, the topic of goals would be a great place to start the new year. Um, and we're specifically talking about goals, not New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And that might come up a little bit later in the conversation, but. We, uh, Shamin and I, as professionals, were very, very um, conscious about what goals we set, um, both short and long, and um, how they pertain to not just our careers, but also our personal lives as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought it would be nice to just talk about the topic of goals. <laughs> <laughs> just had a dr Goals. <laughs> Drop your phone. Um, Stay focused, Paul. Focused. 
that's one of my goals for <laughs> 2017. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it would be nice if we just talked about goals, um, why they're important, how they, um, how they help our lives, um, and also how possibly, why do we set goals? Where did this even come from? Mm-hmm. What is society's per, uh, perception of goals? Uh, and just kind of go from use to okay. set goals as well. Uh, so I'll just kind of let you start. Sure. Um, so I was talking to a friend, um, I think it was earlier today, if not yesterday, and we were talking about work goals. Um, and, and I don't have a ton to say about specifically like what my work goals are or how I define them or whatever, but we were talking about how when you have to set goals for work, it's almost like you check it off the list, like done, set goals to never be revisited again, unless they're related to some sort of um, bonus, and I don't really know that life because I work in education, um, unless it's tied specifically to a performance evaluation and you have a supervisor that's going to circle back around with you on those goals, it's not sometimes they are just the things to check off a box like, yes, we did goals, and maybe we'll revisit them when it's time for your performance evaluation and whatnot, but the chances are, um, my experience is that those aren't normally met or like revisited. Um, so sometimes I have seen it as a, like, you're just going through the motions with goals for work. Um, have you had that experience? Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to, since I'm in control of that process, I try to be a little bit more intentional that it's not just a check, but based off of the type of work that we do, uh, our goal setting is in the middle of the year. So Mm, like around like July, uh, July, August. Uh, and it's more, it's more task oriented, the goals. Uh, I try to work with my team to dig a little bit deeper, but it's a a little difficult um, based off of where everyone is at uh, and also where the organization is and what they classify as achievement and Mm -hmm. goals. So personally for me, when I do goal setting at the beginning of the year, it's it's actually a little bit different than what I set for work. Oh, mine are vastly different. Yeah, actually, they're vastly different. They're much more loftier. They're much more big. Some of them are five years out. Some of them are ten years out. Okay. Uh, and it's not just specific to the workplace. Yeah. And most of my art, like, I have a set of goals that are workplace-related because we were asked to do goals and whatnot. And I think this is maybe the... I don't do it as often as I should in terms of keeping track of those and really, like, documenting the progress that I've made and sharing that. But I had, I had like, you know, an extra hour <laughs> the other day. And so I wrote on my dry erase board, I wrote, like, these are... So I had, I think, four goals for the departments that I work with. And they're, they're big goals, so there are a lot of things that are underneath those goals um, in terms of task items. But I just wrote, like, each of the four big goals and then two things that I can accomplish before, like, the students come back in the next week for each of those goals. And I've just been kind of checking them off, not erasing them, because I need to see that I've made progress. But it has been helpful. And people have come in and been like, oh, that's really good that you do that. Like, I should do that. And I'm thinking, yeah, everybody should do that, but do we really? Um, But I've been really committed to doing those so that I start to feel a sense of accomplishment for myself. Um, So you're okay with having your goals in the workplace. Sorry, I think I misunderstood what you were saying before. Um, about checking things off like that's a good thing yeah that's a good thing and some of them are lofty goals like to like I think I have one is to perhaps like work on a mission statement for one of my units so like it is big but there are smaller pieces under that like I should probably try to look at other institutions that are similar size and makeup of student to see like what do their um, mission statements look like or do they have one 
-hmm. or do they just fall under the umbrella of the division or the university? Um, so that for me is a checkoff, like see what other people are doing. So I'm not fully recreating the wheel to be like, okay, maybe am I doing too much? Like I want to stand out, but I also don't want to drive myself crazy. Right. Um, uh, or batty or nutty, whatever, not to use the word crazy. But. Yeah, I, I think in the context of the workplace, it's very helpful to be able to check things off. At least we can see growth. Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk more about our personal, um, more loftier professional goals, I, I guess I don't write goals with the intention of being able to check them off at the end of the year. Mm. Um, when I write my goals, they're more of a definition of where I should go or what direction I should take. Okay. Um, just how should I lead uh, my decision-making in all facets of my life for the next 12 months or in the next two years. Mm. Uh, and really, these goals are so lofty that I won't... I, I'll see myself getting closer to it, but it won't really take form until the very long term. Mm -hmm. um, when I was talking about work goals, so like, okay. I don't need a mission statement for my life. Like, right. I, <laughs> I mean, know, I, know I know some I know. people do, but that was all that was about specifically work. Right. My personal goals is a different process altogether. Yeah. And there's a Google Doc and some links and shit that go with that. <laughs> let's, let's, right, of course. Yeah, let's continue just talking specifically about that. Um, well, our, let's just talk about, do you have your employees write goals on their own and then you meet and talk about them or is there some co kind of coaching involved? Do you just kind of listen and then just accept what they say? No. Uh, which was, I was like, oh, no. That was very definite. Um, so typically I will come up with two to three goals that I want to see them accomplish oh. over the course of the next uh, evaluation cycle. Mm -hmm. It's basically a 12-month period. Um, and then I will ask that they come up with two or three goals as well. Do they always do that? No. Sometimes like, yours are good. And I'm like, well, think of something that you want to work on. Because I don't want to be the dictator of all things that you do. Because, yes, you have a day-to-day, -day, but these are things that are different than you are working on them day-to-day. -day. So I do ask my employees to contribute to, like, what goals that you want and how can I help in keeping you accountable to those? How often should I ask about what those look like? How are they helping you in this position, but how are they going to help elevate you or move you out to the next position? Because I, I don't think any of my employees want to be in this position, in their current positions for the long haul. So I feel like my role is to help push and support them in getting ready for the next steps. Whatever those next steps may be. They may be in this department. They may be in corporate America. But I, I, I wouldn't feel like I was doing my role if I wasn't supportive in that way and helping people um, do things out besides just the, the stuff that's on paper for their job. Right. Yeah, I think that's uh, the same approach that I use as well. It's more of that I, I offer a little bit, they offer, and then we make this kind of complete picture. Mm -hmm. And some of the goals that I provide are, um, especially if I, if I just hired them and I don't really know them as a person yet or mm -hmm. where they're going to go developmentally, uh, some of the goals that I suggest are are linked to the, the program or the department that they work for. So mm -hmm. it's this, this is the state of things from your predecessor. And this is what I would like to see yeah. as you as the successor. So hopefully you can be able to work and grow in these things. And it's more about kind of the entity that they're working within versus who they are as a person. But ultimately, a year from then, from that point, uh, there will be some growth within themselves because they've taken on this really gigantic mm -hmm. task of trying to move something forward um, from their predecessor. Yeah. It's weird that you say that because I have... Um... Because I think of like, and this oftentimes happens with the younger professionals that I work with, because I work with a, a range of folks who are younger than me, 
for the most part, people are either quite a bit younger than me or quite a bit older than me, which is fine. Um, but with the younger professionals, as they're like trying to get their feet wet, I don't mean like they're brand new. I do have one person who just started in the field and this was her first full-time job. Um, but we talk, end up talking sometimes about like their personal goals as they kind of try to establish themselves and their identity as a professional and like move away from that student identity. So um, it's been nice to see people kind of grow in those ways. And I'll share one and I, I won't share the person's name, but uh, we were talking about uh, they currently live with their family because they're just getting back into the Bay Area. And we were somehow, I would think maybe I had like a few uh, uh, grocery items on my dry erase board because I was like, I need to remember these because I look at the board before I leave. And she was like, oh, you cook? And I was like, well, yeah, because I eat. Um, and she was like, I should try cooking. And I was like, okay, well, what what are you going to try? And I said, have you ever seen those videos, on like the one-minute videos that they speed through? It makes it seem like it, it takes th uh, one minute to... But it really takes, like, four, yeah. five minutes. Yeah. And I said, some of those are actually really, really easy if you, like, are paying attention to them. And so she's like, I'm going to try one. And so we talk about, like, kind of her growth into adulthood and, like, learning what it means to buy this uh, this much stuff at the grocery store and, like... The fact that a bag of rice is more than, like, it's not one meal. It's, like, several meals. Mm -hmm. So you probably need the small one if you're just cooking for you and maybe one other person. Yeah. But it's just, it's interesting to see that kind of cycle into adulthood. So sometimes I, I end up playing that role with some of my younger professionals about goals and things they have outside. Because I ultimately want people to be, like, I want them to be a professional. And we're working together because they are getting compensated to do work. But I, I also want to see them grow as humans. So, right. um, which kind of humanizes it for me and I think for them they're like oh you do stuff outside of work and I'm like yeah I'm not a robot <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah that's interesting how you kind of illustrated where you are versus like age-wise everyone else um, I would say um, yeah half are older than me half are like around the same age or younger mm -hmm. um, which at the same time, I always keep saying age is nothing but a number, but it, it's really interesting to see how, um, as a manager, how you can kind of still coach and still direct. Um, you know, some of these folks I supervise have been in the organization longer than I have, mm -hmm. um, but I've still been able to help them see things that they haven't seen, see, seen in themselves before, mm -hmm. um, which is really great. Uh, you know, when we talked about some of our strengths, <clears throat> I guess that would be one of mine. Um, I think in the past it's been intimidating to be able to kind yeah. of uh, help someone establish their goals when it when it may feel that, oh, this person has more experience than me, but I'm in this position for a reason. Uh -huh. um, it's more about it's more about that coaching, right? Um, as a manager than actually telling someone these are what your goals are. It's just yeah. helping someone think through the motions. Um, ju just like it is to be a teacher. It's just to help instruct and guide yeah. a person through the motions. Um, I, I have another question for you. Are <laughs> you, um, do you supervise any managers currently? Yes. So people who also supervise mm -hmm. other full-time professionals? Yep. So what's your goal setting like for managers? Um, I don't know that it's terribly different. Um, I think there's some general expectations about what how they hold their teams accountable and whatnot, but I don't think it, I, I'm expecting them to also produce because they their role should be to be the visionary and to kind of lead and guide. And sometimes it's the day to day stuff, and sometimes they get a chance to like vision and actually lead the team that they're working with. Um, 
But I would anticipate that they have goals as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want them to have independent goals. Like, I, I'm not looking for a goal of, like, keep the office open, 20, you know, for all the work hours in a given week. Like, th- that's a basic. Like, you should be doing that anyway. That's not a goal. That's an expectation. Right. Um, so that those processes aren't different. So I'm expecting, like, I'm going to come with a few goals of, you know, what I would like to see based on what I'm hearing from my supervisor, from my vice president, um, and what I see, you know, in that group. But I'm also expecting that for them to come with some more, um, probably some more sophisticated goals because they are leading other people. Um, and they're responsible for their work, but they're also responsible for the work of the people that report to them. Right. Um, so that, that process doesn't look that different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. How is that for you? I ask because I'm um, I'm part of that textbook example of being middle management, and I feel in a way uh, the expectation of setting goals. Like I make sure I do that with my employees, uh, but there's a um, there's a bit of expectation of independency on my part because once it gets up to me, it's like, yeah, make your goals, and we just trust you're gonna do, you're gonna do everything and your power to be the best employee and make sure that your employees are acting um, uh, to the best of their ability and being a good reflection of you. Mm-hmm. So I sit down with my, um, it's kind of a little bit of managing up. I'm going to sit down with my supervisor and we're going to talk about our goals. <coughs> but it's uh, it's not as, I'm directing the process, right, as, mm-hmm. as the manager for mm-hmm. my employees, but it's not directed anywhere above me. And the yeah. two tiers that are above me, yeah. it's just expected, right? Yeah. And it's not, there's just more independence and they just trust that it's being done, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's great that in your position, you're actually still walking through yeah. that process because uh, I don't know any other way because so. I, I think I, and I don't know what it, it's like at other organizations but I think managers need just as much support yep. as the Absolutely. people on the ground and I think and people forget mid- that yeah they're like oh you lead people or groups of people so you should be fine no that's often not the case because I think we talked about this in a previous episode a lot of times people are elevated into positions because they do a technical thing well mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, you do this technical thing well, let me put you to lead other people. And then they don't do well in that next level. Right, right. Because they're good at the technical piece over here and not in leading people who are executing work because you deal with emotions and human beings and, you know, dynamics between groups. Very different. Yeah. So I think people forget that. Yeah, I'm just curious to know how that mid-level piece is if what I'm experiencing is if reflected in other organizations where that support kind of just goes away once you're, you're elevated <laughs> to the, you know, the yeah, level like, you're a boss, you got this. You got this, so. Yeah, I think from my experience has been, for the most part, like, I don't want to say I'm on my own, but it's my responsibility to, like, come up. There may be a few goals that are, like, because my supervisor has goals that, that they need to adhere mm-hmm. to their supervisor. So, like, and I'm a part of that. So, like, I need you to ex- execute X, Y, and Z or work through X, Y, and Z by this date so then I can do my part at this level. So right. I certainly receive some of those. But for the most part, my goals are, like, I sit down and I come up with them. So we just did this. Um, it started in October, and then we had to do a final draft in December. Um, so I was, like, Ugh. I was stressing about it because I was about to go on vacation when it was due. So I was, like, Lord Jesus, let me sit down and just... Give me focus. Um, and it went really well. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm starting to um, plan and execute. So the things on my dry erase board, I just printed out my uh, documents. And they all have to, our goals have to support our university mission and our strategic plan. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a great deal of thoughtfulness um, to merge all of those things through to support 
you know, the strategic plan and the, the mission statement. But I always have found that my job is to keep my supervisor informed of like how these goals are going. I don't know if they will, um, and I'm fairly new in my role, but I'm thinking in, even in previous roles, like if, I, if they don't bring it up, we're not talking about it. So I'm like, let me bring this up so that they know I'm working towards the goals right. that we had. Um, and so that they can see that things are getting accomplished and I'm not just going through the day to day, the stuff that's on a piece of paper, you mm -hmm. know? So I have to, I have to be my own guide in that. So I would agree with you kind of at the middle and I don't know if I'm a middle manager. Yeah. Let's say, I mean, I am. Um, but yeah, I have to, to drive that myself. So right. I don't want to wait and see, let somebody else drive that. So I had a, um... drive into the ground. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, um, before the vacation, honest conversation with uh, my supervisor about, I set these goals back in uh, June-ish okay. um, that I have to revisit and revise for January because I'm realizing that some of these things are not realistic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I asked her, you know, how are you feeling successful here? Because... We set these goals and we get a lot of obstacles, un unexpected and unforeseen mm -hmm. obstacles presented at us. And the entire institution or the entire um, division has to focus on that obstacle and it mm -hmm. takes up so much time. Or like personnel issues take up a lot of time that mm -hmm. usually are not part of our strategic, well, they're part of our strategic plan, but when I say personnel issues, they're like accidental yeah like no, one off like here and there you're right. like why is this taking so long <laughs> and so um we just kind of had a talk back about how do you feel successful when you just constantly feel like there are obstacles or there's not enough time or it's just an environment where like you just get bogged down by the day-to-day -day because we're of course my supervisor and of course myself we are we have these day-to-day -day things but our high level things are really important to move the institution forward mm -hmm. so some things we talked about well um we talked about organization um and how we organize our goals uh and i okay. think this might actually be a cool uh, a cool segue topic um about uh, some people like the lists. Some people maybe create trees and visuals. Oh, some or they people, do like this thing in the center, and there's all these you know maybe things, there's the clouds yeah. off of them or whatever. Um, I I think it's <clears throat> important to learn how you're organizing your goals. I think sometimes uh, our goals may be too lofty, and we need to break them down. Maybe that lofty goal is like the year three goal, and mm -hmm. there's like four other things we need to do to lead up to, to that lead up one. to it. Mm -hmm. And maybe we just take it out of the picture, right? Um, we also talked about. Uh, thinking at the micro level instead of the macro level, um, okay. and this was this is suitable for where we work. Is it's sometimes really overwhelming to think about the big picture all the time. Yeah, and our roles are big picture, and even though we are constantly bogged down by the day to day, uh, s uh, we talked about how let's focus on how these day to day things lead to these micro micro level um, okay objectives or goals. Um, and micro just, level or macro level? Micro level. Okay. So I'm like breaking it down even further, right? Okay. So, uh, you have this, like one of, uh, one of our big picture goals is re, uh, restructuring our staffing model, right? Easy. We, <laughs> easy, right? And we're trying to make time for that, but the day to day things are like yeah. constantly Consuming. bogging us down and we have deadlines. Like our new fiscal year is approaching. Um, in July, you know, we got six more months and we have to put together proposals and move numbers around and do all that stuff. 
I am hugely passionate about that project. But uh, I, I keep getting, like, pulled back, mm-hmm. right? There's, like, this, uh, there's a rope attached to around my waist, and as I'm Should moving forward... Right. Mm-hmm. So the in this specific example, okay, that's our micro macro level picture. Let me just think about the micro level. A, a huge step that I that would help me feel so successful is to at least let, let's not worry about money or numbers. Let me come up with like three different staffing maps. Let me at least do that in the next yeah. 30 days. Draw it out. Right? That's one. Yeah. Okay, now let me put the words to it. Let yeah. me come up with the proposal and the justification. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let me think of the numbers. Like which which <laughs> model is going to save us the most money? I I want I need to do all those steps, and sometimes I feel very scatterbrained. Like there's the, there's this email, this concerned parent, this you know all all these um, distractions that make this big project seem impossible. You know when you talk about that, I think about like some of the folks that I currently work with and have worked with, and like some of the challenges that I see when people are like not meeting deadlines. Um, or they're not moving, to- seemingly actively moving towards their goals, are two things that I see that are, um, and these are not for you, these are just general as, I, as I've seen and experienced myself. It's like creating the time and space and re- realizing that there's some things that can wait. There are some things that can wait. I'm not saying they need to wait six weeks, but it, it can wait a day or two before it's addressed. And then like figuring out how to prioritize your work and or your goals. I think that's sometimes difficult because... I think we all have our own, like, well, these are my priorities, and I know what my priorities are, blah, blah, blah. but I'm like, those might not be the priorities as defined by your supervisor or their supervisor. Like, you may be like, I need to get this done now, and they're like, no, pause that, and I need these things as a priority right now. So I think sometimes there's, there needs to be an in-syncness, like, with a supervisor of, like, how do we figure out what success is? Um, but yeah, I see that, like, managing time and figuring out how to use your t- utilize your time and then how to prioritize because your priorities they need to line up with your supervisor like they, i was trying to say something cute but i was like they need to line up with yeah them. they definitely do um and let's just say those creating the time and place or time and space as well as setting the priorities things i definitely know it's just that uh, whenever you w- go into a new work environment, the old way of doing things, you have to uh, sometimes creatively think of a new way to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Like prior- like people say, how do you organize yourselves? Oh, I prioritize. No. Prior- I hate when people do that. I use a planner. I have, prioritizing, I have a calendar. You, can, you have to... T- that's, that's more... That's not a... a, a it's a skill, but it's not static. It's like, not it doesn't static. Like, you like, just put the things one, you, two, three, four. There's a way four. to prioritize. It yeah. goes so much deeper than that, and so that's where I'm at right now. Is I have a lot of decision making power. I have a lot of um, I have a big a sphere of influence, if you will, mm-hmm. and so I'm really trying to carefully prioritize, or f- not carefully prioritize, but figure out a way to pri- prioritize a method, a new, mm-hmm. you know, a new novel method I've never heard of before I've never used in a past place to make it work for this specific work environment because it is very challenging. It is very fast paced um, and I want to be able to reach this uh, reach this big goal of like staffing restructure, yeah. right? Yeah. So. And that's a long process to restructure or even to reorganize. Like mm-hmm. it is a long process because there's a lot of factors to, to come into play and there's like and then there's people 
Right. Because then the people need to start, you know, moving and doing in that, that fashion. So I'm like, you can put it, it's all cute on paper. And then you got to start talking to people about it. And you're like, oh, have mercy. Right. Just do what I say. <laughs> Are you ever like that? You're like, just shut up and do what I said. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm the boss of you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But sometimes I'm like, you ask uh, one more question. Forget feelings. Right? Just do it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but, yeah. yeah. So, personal goals. So, I know earlier you may have mentioned, like, you may not have had them set since you've been living the high life in uh, PV and whatnot, but I guess how do you go about setting or establishing or figuring out what your goals are going to be? Because it doesn't seem like you are, in terms of personal goals, like, you're not a check-off type. Yeah. You're, like, I'm visionary. I'm, like, planning of, like, how do I, how is this going to inform my decisions? What are the mm-hmm. intentions behind, you know, what yeah. I want to do and where I want to go? Um, let's see. Uh, my personal goals usually fall in certain categories. There's like a financial, uh, financial goals. There's usually, uh, career, mm-hmm. you know, next steps. Uh, I have my side hustle goals. So for me, that would be my artistic goals of mm-hmm. the photography, the acting, the dancing. Uh, there's even relationship goals. Uh, and that's like family, friends, yeah. and intimate relationships. <laughs> you were like... Get a boo. Get a boo. (laughs) By March, have it narrowed down. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then I also have um, wellness goals Mm -hmm. um, from, like, my mental health. Um, I, you know, we're in the new year and everyone's always so focused on, like, the physical and, like, going to the gym. But for me, it's just, like, my state, my state of mind is so powerful and so important to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That will go... A much longer way than just saying, yeah, I'm going to do five sit-ups every, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I start with those categories. Um, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode where my reflection that I do at the end of the year focuses mm-hmm. on, this is what I did. I, I don't really like to focus on what I didn't do. Okay. Um, it's just like, wow, this is what I did. And I let that kind of inform where, where I want to go next um, and what goals I established. Um you know, 2016 was a hard year in many different ways, and sometimes I set goals based off of mistakes I made. Like, okay. I'm not gonna, you know, you. I'm still learning, you know? I'm still going through <laughs> You're life. like, I'm not gonna fuck with this motherfucker no more. <laughs> right. Mistake in 2016. <laughs> right. That I shall not repeat right. in 2017. I hear Fool you. Fool me once. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, and I put that all together, and then I work backwards, and I, I like to lead my years with a visionary statement. So it's like I'm creating an organization almost, <laughs> for, like a vision statement. But no, I, I, I love creating, using the goals to create the vision statement of my year, because I lead, like I said, I lead my decisions based off of a frame of thinking. And, the, um, and if, as long as I carry that mentality, that positive mentality in my everyday life, then I can just naturally trust and just go with my gut instincts, take positive risks. Um, and, uh, yeah. So that, that's kind of how I do the goal setting. I, uh, I want to try something new this year. I usually just write it on like a notebook or something, but I, <laughs> um, or actually not a notebook. I usually write it on like a Google doc or a, a word document, but I want to, uh, capture it differently Mm -hmm. um this year I don't know I am a you know I am a visual person um 
but I, I don't, I don't want to do like a collage or like a vision board. Okay. It's like too cheesy. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm not that into the yeah, like, I'd cut out the second thing and be like, okay, I'm done with this. Right. Um, or may, it might still come down to words and yeah. I might just, um, write it in a much more, uh, abstract way instead yeah. of, a write full on sentences and paragraphs and write a list. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of journals out there or like planners, like that passion planner is a big thing. I don't know exactly. I've seen a passion planner and uh, one of my staff got some donated to the students that she works with. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of those things out there are tools to help people. And I've, I've seen them look nice. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I know anyone who uses one of those kind of either passion planners or something that kind of helps you revisit goals like monthly or quarterly or something that kind of draws you back. Mm. Um but that's when I when I heard you say kind of something a little bit different because those seem to be like the cat's meow right now. Huh, I'll look into so, it. I mean, yeah. but it's just a different way of, of asking questions. Like, and you go through the things in the calendar, right? And it it pushes you to to look back so that you can like write down those responses or at least reflect on the responses. So, cool. Yeah. How about you? Um. So I was just looking at um at my goals, my Gold Digger twenty seventeen. Oh. Um, Google Doc. Gold digger. Um, and I put it in my Google Doc so that I, number one, can carry it around with me um, on the Google Docs app. And then so that I can add to it if I if something comes up. So um, I am a person, I like to check things off. Um, and I can be quite goal-oriented. So if I say to myself that I'm going to do something, I will, nine and a half times out of ten, I will do that thing um, mm -hmm. by the time in my head that I want to get it done by. So, like, yearly. So, like, I have fitness goals, um, and those are things that, like, as a runner, like, I have already signed up for a bunch of races for this year, so, like, I'm like, I have to work out so I don't get out there and, like, not be able to perform and not finish. Really, the, the goal is to finish um, and get the medal, and I would have already had the shirt um, or the pullover. <laughs> the fact that you mentioned the shirt. <laughs> I run for medals, um, and I'm super proud of that, and I have a thing in my, uh, in my house that has all of my medals hanging on it. But, um... Yeah, so I, I know that I have to keep up a certain level of activity and be with my trainer and get a certain amount of miles so that I can be prepared for those long stints of races. Um, and then I work with my trainer to, like, come up with, uh, like, he knows my goals, like, fitness goals and whatnot. And they're not, like, to be a size this or to lose this much weight. But I'm, like, it's to do, like, I'm going to do another half marathon. I'm going to do two this year, and I did one last year. So they're kind of broad enough in that sense. And I'll be like, get me ready. Um, and then he will plan what that looks like and how much I need to run and work out and build my core and all this other stuff. Um, and then I have some financial goals. Um, and then I have um, some soul goals. So they're not necessarily relationship, but I just think of like, what are the things that I want to make sure that I, I do and or work on or nurture to feed mm. my soul. And so a lot of those are relationship things. Um, or even like the time that I spend by myself. Um, but that's for right now, that's where I have those, uh, uh kind of broken up. I want to have a side hustle. I just don't, I, for some reason I can't figure out what the fuck a side hustle is like the right side hustle for me. I mean, one is um, this podcast. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> uh, when I say side hustle, I mean like dollars, Hey, yeah, advertisers, yeah. make it rain. But I'm, I'm trying to think of like, what, what, what are, what are some of those? Um, so that's like a consummate battle. Like, and I just, I'm like, hmm. I yeah. just pick one and try it. And if I don't like it, do something different. The conversations, I'm like, do something different, bitch. Um, conversations in my head. Right, right. 
But yeah, I break those. I just try to break those down, and I look at them probably once a month just to see them on track. The fitness ones are easy because they're all a, like as soon as I get my calendar for a twelve week period for my trainer, I just stick those in my Google calendar, and I know what I'm doing. So I don't have to. Those are mindless. I don't have to think about it. I just wake up and I'm like, got to do this, right. then I do it. Um, but some of the other ones I have to be really intentional about. Um, but it's good. It feels great and fresh, and so I like to. And do I accomplish all my goals? No. Um, and sometimes they fall off and I was like, that, why did I, like, that wasn't a goal I was going to accomplish. I don't even want to move it to next year. Um, or I'll say I want to move it on to the next year. But yeah, I'm simple, old school. I put it in a Google Doc and then in my calendar I have a reminder to like two hours of a month on a Saturday. I will sit and revisit those, revise, check off, make sure I'm on track. So cool. like super structured. Yeah. And I love it and I need that. Yeah, the upkeep is I think I'm a little bit more passive. I, mm. I kind of like it's almost like a a diary a diary entry. Like you write these things down and Dear diary. right, and then I re I probably re revisit it so I can get that feeling of oh this is what I accomplished. Uh, like probably every three months. Okay. Um, uh, but as long as I keep thinking along that vision statement, then and it links back to categorical goals that I set, mm -hmm. then I can trust that I'm making the right decision. So, yeah. Do you share your goals with people? No. Okay. Yeah, I have a thing <laughs> with if I, t I, uh, um, if I say it out loud, if I tell people, I most likely won't do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I just don't share mine because most people are nosy. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to be accountable to those people, X, Y, and Z, and you asking me randomly stuff. Right. Um, I will share it with my partner, and some stuff I, I will talk to my mom about, because if she calls and I'm like in the middle of working on a goal or running or something, mm -hmm. I'll be like, I'm working towards my goal. I can't talk right now. I'm tired. Yeah. But um, I'm also, I don't share what mine are. Um, even after they're like done and accomplished. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll celebrate them with like, like, my trainer and I, we celebrated a goal, like, right after the new year, because I saw him right after the new year, but other than that, I'm like, I keep it to myself. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not to brag about on social, social media, it's not, do, just yeah. stating the goal doesn't really do anything, no, unless you're that's expecting a mentor or someone to hold you accountable, that's the yeah. only reason, in my opinion, to say goals out loud. Yeah, and I want to be held accountable in person with people that I, like, engage with regularly, mm -hmm. not the, the, the people on social media or whatever I'm like I want those to be intentional and be close kept close to me um I'm also not here for the like new year new me yeah. but I do it's like one of the things I hate about the new year I just didn't that if people being like I haven't seen you since last year and I'm like bitch I saw you yesterday right um but I it's it yeah. should it be more like new year if you've been doing it right new year and continuing to be me, me. Like, right <laughs> like you know like new me yeah. like I don't need January you just shed first, your skin right? and, and now some you're white. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is that what the new me is? Wow, you went there. I was like, a, like a snake skins it, sheds its skin, but okay, we can do that one. Right, so. Um, but yeah, I, I don't need uh, January 1st to roll around for me to start something. No. Like, I, I don't need I'm, a Monday to roll I'm, around to yeah, start a new goal. I'm starting new goals every day. I'm, like, yeah. when I wake up in the morning, that is my chance to, like, try something again, yeah. you know? Every, we have so many days. It doesn't have to be January 1st, which is the same damn thing as December 31st. Yeah, right? I was like, it's just the next day. Right. So, and I, I can appreciate when people get excited about the refresh or whatever, but I'm like, I don't need those things. I don't need the start of a new week, the start of a month or anything like that to kind of jumpstart something that I want to do. If I want to do it, if I want to try it, then I'm going to try it. So, exactly. Yeah.
All right. Uh, I think it's time that we take a break. Yeah. If there's any goals or any thoughts you guys have oh. that you want to share with us, uh, you are welcome to comment on SoundCloud. Paul normally does the shout out of the things because I always forget, but we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. You know where to find us. Yeah, let us know what your goals are or how you plan your goals. Like yeah. If you have any kind of cool tools like this or planner, um, yeah, we'd like to know your thoughts. All right. And back. Uh, so we're going to roll right into our Ask Boss. Um, so if you have questions, email us at headbosspodcast at gmail.com and we will get to you. So I will actually be um, explaining or asking the next question. Um, the we got a um, an email from Irene. Let me say her name's Irene, not her real name. And uh, her question is about how do you deal with someone in a workplace who constantly kind of passes on work to other people in a way that's kind of subtle, um, where they'll delegate. Um, and it could be for whatever reason, this person may have the time or may not have the time to complete the project, but they will <laughs> constantly hand off. And when it comes time to volunteer for a project, that person really never volunteers. Okay. Uh, and, oh, and also, uh, this person is kind of lateral, um, in terms of like rank in the organization, um, maybe a little bit below, but pretty much lateral, um, is what the person wrote. So, um, interesting question. Do you... Yeah. So, um, I, I tend to be in tune with those things in terms of who likes to hand out work that is not theirs to hand out or will bring up something and not take any ownership. Like we should do this. And then just kind of leave it out there and don't initiate, like, the start of doing it. Um, first of all, that gets on my nerves. Because um, you're not the boss of me, is the, the thing that I say in my head. Um, but I think I have combated that in a few ways. Number one, I will sometimes be like, well, can you get us started? And then the rest of us can chime in on what the, like, or, or ask them, like, well, what are your initial thoughts on that? Because I'm not sure if I get exactly where you're going. And almost push them into starting the conversation. Um, not so subtly, um, or like I will volley some things back or sometimes I'll just sit there and just wait for the silence because I'm like, you will not pass on to work to me because busy number one is relative and we are all busy. Like right. we all have our own responsibilities and the things that we need to get done. Um, I have worked with individuals who love to do this and don't take any, um, initiative or responsibility for moving something forward when it was there they they I guess they thought that I planted the seed and that was enough like now you all need to water it um but yeah so those are I think those are some of the ways that I have some of the initial ways I may think a little bit more as you if you have any comments around that I've never experienced this before uh but I think a method or an approach um is yes everyone is busy uh I would first especially in my role as a manager, um, want to make sure, is this is this project really necessary at this point? Maybe mm -hmm. we should wait to do this when it's a better time in the, in the, in the day or the week or whatnot, um, and then we'll revisit it. 
if it is really important and a priority, uh, I think the best way is to divide and conquer and uh, maximize the certain strengths on the team. You know, maybe someone's good at this piece of the project, maybe someone's good at this piece, and just pick it apart because it's it's a lot easier if, mm-hmm. um, if you know, maybe it's a roster of 1,000 names and you can't get to all of the, the names and call everyone, yeah. whatever the project is. Divide and conquer, that might be a little bit better, but if I notice this is happening on a consistent basis and this project was specifically assigned to you... Yeah. I would definitely be going to that person's supervisor and saying, hey, this is above my pay grade or below my pay grade or this is just not my job and I keep doing parts of this other person's work, Yeah. right? Um, And maybe just speak on behalf of yourself. You don't have to call the other person out, but just say, hey, I'm doing this other person's job all the time. Yeah. And I, I think I, I, I would agree with all of those things and I would add that like I am a person who it's important for me to have role clarity. Um, so sometimes as people start to, uh, people or an individual start to try to try to quote unquote assign me stuff that is not mine to receive, I will say, well, if someone could help me understand what my role in this would be or why I would be the, the, the person to take the lead on this, that would be helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And then I just sit in silence and wait for someone to help me understand that. And most of the times that they're not able to do that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, and sometimes like, sometimes the shady ways I'm like, They'll put something out in an email, and I just won't respond. Because you're just waiting for somebody to pick it up. I am not that gullible. So it sounds like that's something that you want to move forward. So let me get out of your way so that you can move that forward. Actually, now that I think about it, before I responded, I said, oh, I've never experienced that. Actually, I experience that all the time. (laughs) I just had to... You had to think of the person. I had to... to, It's not really a person. It's actually Hmm. just uh, offices. Okay, um, okay, yeah. We, the internal uh, word that we use for this cu- cultural phenomenon is job creep. Oh, okay, yeah. I haven't heard this. Yeah, where uh, because we're a small place and we all function as generalists, it's very easy for parts of someone jo- someone else's job okay. to seep into someone else's. Okay. Even the, despite being small, we still have specific roles, but... Certain offices are just used to just saying, oh, yeah. they'll take care of it. Right? And just, I'm like, oh, Just assume that somebody else will do no, it. No, because my employees have a million other things to do. You do it. It's yeah. your issue. You're in this office. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, job creep. I'm going to start I'm gonna start really thinking about that. Yeah. Like, I have some people who like to uh, job push. I don't know. But job creep, I like that. They like to yeah. be like, well, we all have a stake in this. And I was like... No, actually, we don't. Because, no. again, help me understand where you see my role in this particular situation scenario. Yeah, and I will definitely use that question more. Help me see, Yeah. you know, where where my role is in this scenario. And I also, I also like the silence thing. Yeah, because people expect you to respond. And I'll be like, I will file this so that in the event that it comes back up, I can refer to it. Right. But not every email requires my response. Because if you're not asking me for something specific, you're just putting an idea out there. Mm-hmm. So. And not all ideas get addressed. Right. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with not responding. No, it's not. Especially if you don't ask the question. If you're just putting out something conceptually, all right. Right. And (laughs) I I keep telling everyone is that if you're always responding, then people are going to keep relying on you. Yeah. To be that person that will be that will volunteer for all these extra yeah. responsibilities. Well, and then you get an attitude. You, the proverbial you get an attitude 
when you like if you do good work then you and you volunteer and you do good on that then people are like well they can do it or, or they can it, the work just piles on and I'm mm. like look I'm not your dumping ground like right. I have my own role to do there's some things that I'm passionate about that I'm I'm happy to kind of step in and be supportive and you know contribute to a project or even lead it mm -hmm. and I need to make sure that I'm getting the work done that I have been brought in to do yeah you know so yeah cool well, um, hopefully that um, gives you a few options, Irene, to handle this situation. Uh, so remember uh, to send us any questions to headbosspodcast at gmail.com, and um, we'll be right back. for boss ass bitch and bitch ass boss of the week. Shamina, why don't you go first? Okay, so I have a boss ass bitch. So I have, it's not a, it's a person slash an entity. So I recently got turned on to this new podcast um, called Hidden Brain from NPR. Um, it is fantastic. The um, host, his name is Shankar Vidantham. Um, and he says it real fast, so I just learned how to say it when I read that. He says it real fast every episode. But um, just a little synopsis, it reveals unconscious patterns, patterns that drive human behavior. And so <clears throat> the first one I listened to was about, um, I'm trying to think if I can think of the title. I can't. But it was basically about wealthy people and how they view and see money. So it was about wealth management, I believe. Um, and it was just fascinating to hear kind of the psychology around like how wealth managers kind of manage wealthy people and the, the stakes that wealthy people go through to protect their money and their assets. And that was just one episode. But there was other stuff around like um, serendipity and um, blessings in disguise. But it's it's really, it, there's a scientific piece to it. Mm. Um, but it's just fascinating. And none of the episodes are in more than 30 minutes. Oh, cool. um, and it's usually, usually got another guest on there kind of talking, a, a subject matter expert, if you will. And it's just, it'll blow your mind when you listen to it about there was one about politics and it was right after the the election um the outcome of the presidential election it was like what went wrong and they interviewed the guy who had i guess predicted the outcome of the presidential election in like september and how he has predicted elections for the last you know several decades and has been accurate based on like 13 questions wow and it's the whole thing is crazy and it's an npr podcast um, so you already know there's an element of that that's going to be good. Right. Um, so I've been kind of binge listening on that for a while, and I haven't run across a bad episode at all. Yeah, they haven't, uh, they only have like 50 episodes. Yeah. And, and they're, they're all short. short. Yeah, so, um, cool. Uh, and I'm going to have another, bo another boss ass bitch real quick. Um, it's another podcast. I've been kind of diving really deeply into podcasts. Um, and then finding podcasts off of other podcasts, but there's another one, um... Head Boss in Charge. Duh, that's number one. <laughs> um, Paula Shamina are dope! Um, but there's another one on NPR, Code Switch, which I think you and I have talked about before. Yeah. Um, I listened to one, I think it was right after, I don't know if it was a new episode or an old one, but they were talking about, um, basically, the gist of it was, like, holiday traditions and food that are trash. That, that's the gist <laughs> of it. Um, and they got into this conversation about chitlins. Are you familiar with pig intestines? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they got into this thing about chitlins and, like, 
how nobody likes chitlins, just kind of as a general, but people still make chitlins for the holidays. <laughs> um, but they are complete and utter trash. Like, they're terrible. Like, I can't even fathom it. Like, number one, they stink, and that's enough. But I'm like, mm-hmm. pig intestines, and you got to clean the membrane and all this other stuff. Oof. But it was just a really funny episode to listen to, and it was... Uh, people from different cultures were talking about foods, like holiday-ish foods from uh, their culture or how they grew up and how some of those are really treasured and they're actually really good and some are trash, but they stay around because of tradition and people just keep making them. Um, so yeah, shout out to NPR for two podcasts yeah. that I have been... NPR um, has a lot of good content. Yeah, really deep and heavy into, but... Yeah, I've been sleeping on Code Switch. I'm going to go back to it, but I just uh, I just down or subscribe to um, Hidden Brain on my yeah. phone. So. It's so good, I'm telling you. I can't wait right. to hear like some of your thoughts on some of the stuff. For sure. All right, so I have two bitch-ass bosses. Uh, the first one is to Mariah Carey. Um, <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, I, I love you, Mariah. I love, what, I love your personality and what you stand for and the divaness and everything. But all the excuses you are giving for why you had a, such a terrible performance <laughs> is bullshit. So Mariah Carey fucked up her New Year's Eve performance at the Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve um, show that happens every year. She uh, sang three songs. Uh, she, uh, the you know so supposedly technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Her ear monitor was not working. She couldn't hear the music, but the dancers kept on going. Uh, this is a song she has probably sung. Thousands of times. Thousands of times. <laughs> not a new song. Right, not a new song. Um, this, uh, you know, the su- you can still hear the music on the stage, um, regardless if your earpiece is not working because the dancers were obviously still moving. Yeah. Um, and she didn't even try. She was just walking around and just making jokes, and she's just like, <laughs> "Oh, happy holidays, everyone!" Oh yeah. I, I can't hear the music, but, you know, she was just... She's not, like, I give zero fucks. Zero fucks, which was hilarious. I, I I'm gagged. still gonna get my check. Like, I was, I was just, like, smiling and laughing, because this is Mariah Carey, this is why we love her. But I just don't, don't blame the production company, don't blame Dick Clark Productions, don't blame your ear monitor when we can probably cite... Tons of um, artists who have had broken ear monitors. Oh my god! Somebody played a, a clip of Adele being like, "This is what happens when her ear went out, ear mo- her, uh, little ear thing went out," and she kept singing, and it was flawless right. because she has both. Remember um, <laughs> uh, Beyonce at the inauguration where she just ripped out her earpiece midway through the Star right? Spangled Banner and just kept on going, and she was playing with a live band. Uh, it, it's really no excuse, and you have a long enough career to know how to improvise. Yeah, right? Th- this should be, like, second nature. Earpiece doesn't work, right? Also, too, why did you skip out on your, um... Rehearsal. Your rehearsal, I right? heard about that. Right? It, I mean, you were also practicing in 50-degree weather. Other artists had to practice in 29, 28-degree weather. <laughs> you had it easy for a New York winter. And you had a stand-in, um, to oh, your, yeah. your, um... It, it's just really no excuse, like... You know, being a professional in order to be a boss ass bitch, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter how how experienced you are. You take that tech rehearsal oh, because you are Mariah Carey and you don't want to fuck it up. But guess what? You fucked it up. So, 
I just, I love you, Mariah, because you make me laugh, but also I just don't agree with any of the reasons that you had. And I know she felt really mortified at the end of it. I would have felt mortified too, but there were so many things you could have done to prevent that. So It was funny. Yeah, it was funny. I bet you I know what your other one is. I don't think you do, but... Mm. Because if you don't, I'm about to have it, so... <laughs> but I just thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. Um, this happened a while ago. This happened uh, a few days before Christmas. There was a video um, that was that went viral. Um, this uh, this guy named Adam Saleh, um, apparently he's a YouTube uh, celebrity. He posted this video, um, he's Arabic, um, of him being on a Delta airplane oh. um, and being kicked off because he spoke an ounce of Arabic on the phone with his, um, uh, uh, with his mom. He's on the fo- uh, phone with his mom. He's apparently with two other, or one other guy, a friend, and he immediately pulls out his phone. You can see the Delta um, security and the flight mm-hmm. attendants trying to push him out, and he's, like, calling out the white people who... Um, stereotyped him as being uncomfortable because he spoke Arabic and, you know, being stereotyped as a terrorist. And so his friend is reacting. You see these blank stares um, on all these white people. They're not saying anything. Um, And you see it, and you can definitely empathize with it. Guys, we spoke a different language on the plane, and now we're getting kicked out. That's insane. Now we're getting kicked out. We're getting kicked out because we spoke a different language. Is it, is, this is 2016. Crazy. 2016. Look, Delta Airlines are kicking us out because we spoke a different language. Because we spoke a different language. Thank you so much. You guys are racist. I cannot believe my eyes. I cannot believe it. I spoke a word, a different language, and you said you feel uncomfortable? I, I, I saw it and I reposted it right away and I wrote my little rant um, thinking how this is awful. This is 2016 and... Um, you know, these people have the audacity to just sit there and let that happen. Uh, and then more information came out halfway through the day where apparently this uh, video that Adam Celeb posted was part of a, a hoax. Um, apparently, he's a YouTube celebrity that what does the pranks. Hell? That's not cool. Very not cool. Um, where I, you're... You, it's kind of like the little girl that cried woof. Yeah. Which is, I don't like when people take their own identities or someone else's identity and make it into such a real believable thing. And you get people standing and siding with you and preaching to the choir and just, you know, standing on their soapbox. And then we come to know that this is a prank. You just take us 5,000 steps back and give white people more of a reason to believe what they do believe because you didn't take it seriously. Mm. Yeah, I didn't didn't hear any more about that, so... Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was all part of a hoax. Um, I, I don't know why. Oh, there, and the reason why they got kicked out of the plane was this production that, that they were putting on. Okay. Right? So, um, and the reason why we know is someone who is, um, one of the news outlets that reported this, um, someone who works for this news outlet was on the plane at the time and okay. was able to verify a lot of the things that this YouTube celebrity um, was trying to put on their platform. And this pr- platform, um, this person has a lot of followers. Okay. So, of course, he's going to be believed. And he's Arabic. And, you know, yeah. when you're on the liberal side, you're going to believe your people and support them. And yeah. I, I just, I just, uh, that's just such that's a dirty. miserable, dirty joke. Yeah. So, bitch-ass boss to him. 
I had another bitch ass boss because you, you. I was thinking that you were gonna talk oh. about Kimberell. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! So, Kimberell is a gospel singer <laughs> who, um, it, and I don't know exactly when the video was recorded, but she was recorded have giving a sermon at a church, and I don't believe that she thought she was being recorded. She says that she was saying it for quote unquote church people, um, and she was quite uh, explicit in her language around homosexuality and it being a sin and that people who are gay are going to go to hell in 2017 and a man who puts a penis in another man's mouth um basically it's, it's wrong and a woman who shakes her titties in a in a um another woman's face is also <laughs> wrong <laughs> okay it's not funny but it is um and she was she i think she, the words one of some of the words that she used i'm going to loosely quote is that gay people are going to die in 2017 like Quite clear, like, I'm not confused by what she said. Um, but she's saying, she says it, she was saying it to church people. And then there's, of course, a whole bunch of uproar. She was supposed to be on Ellen on earlier this week, mm -hmm. uh, performing her song. I don't know the name of the song. But... For Al and uh, Janelle. Monet. Is she was on she the song? It? No, she's oh, not on just... the song. It's just because she's on the movie. Movie, right, okay. So just um, for Al and... And her. And her. Um, and then Pharrell immediately came out with, like, a Facebook statement, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, denouncing what she says, and there's no says there's no room for hate or intolerance, da, 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 without calling her out, but actually obviously calling her out. And then um, Ellen, people were like, "Was I wonder if she's actually going to be on Ellen?" And Ellen's people had a simple tweet. And for those who are wondering, Kim Burrell will not be on the show this week. But Pharrell still performed yeah, the song. <laughs> Pharrell performed. He sat down and talked with her about like love and acceptance and you know letting people be who they are. I didn't watch the whole clip. I just saw mm -hmm. a gist of it. Um, and then I guess Kim Burrell is also on a Frank Ocean song. And Frank Ocean's mom is reportedly having said, like, well, can we cut her out of the song and just keep the song? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Frank Ocean's mama is savage. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah. And then she came ass. out with a statement saying, that's not what I meant. Yeah. And it's, a, I talked about the sin yeah. and not the person. And I was like, bitch, you said you gay people said are going to go to hell in 2017. Like, just be, you don't know every gay person. And you didn't so, stutter. Right? It was quite clear. Yeah. Um, and then, low key shade, and I don't even have much to say about this, but apparently Shirley Caesar was sided with her. And I was like... Greens, beans, potatoes. Like, what the fuck, Shirley? Gosh. Um, Basically having her back and whatnot, so. Yeah. Uh, this being gay. Fuck Kim Burrell, yeah, basically. Fuck, fuck all y'all. Yeah. We're leaving you in 2016. Right? Stay behind. I was like, you already wasn't big, and your voice is already low-key raspy trash, but <laughs> anyway. Gosh. All so, yeah. Right. I forgot that that happened. I was like, that was such, like, it was it all was, over Oh, it family. was really big, yeah. So, um, again, fuck you, Kim Burrell. Thanks. Yes, yes. All right, so that wraps up our episode. Yeah. Um, so please follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter. I almost said Instagram. We don't have Instagram. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. Um, we have SoundCloud, iTunes. Please rate us on iTunes. Write your comments on SoundCloud. Um, we're also on Stitcher, so if you'd like to listen on that platform, please do so. And um, any announcements? No, okay. no announcements. Glad right. to be back. Yeah, glad to be back and just rolling with the with yeah. new year. New Hopefully, year. we'll try some new things this year and experiment with some stuff. So get yeah. ready. All right, get ready. Have a good one, y'all. Bye.